Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time of day it may be while you're listening. I'm so delighted that you could join me. If you haven't noticed already by my most authentic British accent, if you cannot tell, I'll be talking about Bridgerton this episode and I'll try my best not to break character. I listened to Ed Sheeran to prepare for this podcast, so Ed Sheeran, by the way, could get it. I'll shag him off his accent alone while he serenades me. Just kidding. I'm not. You know, I should have watched Top Boy. From what I heard, people seem to fancy that series. I have it on my list, so I'll watch it now that I'm done with Bridgerton and missing the British accent already. I'm just not in a rush, you know, black British and white British, it's not the same. It's quite different. There's not a lot of slang in the white British, it's more proper like. With Top Boy, I feel like, I feel like with Top Boy, I'm going to have to decipher what they're saying with all the slang. Do you understand? I'm probably going to need subtitles, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right then, on with it. White British, we're talking about Bridgerton where to start it was such an amazing riveting season i don't even know where to begin the long-awaited series finally returned and far be it to say it was very captivating i might even say for the fellows who think it just to be a romantic series think again Uh, though it may not have the action and the gore or whatever it is that you men prefer i do believe bridgerton has a bit of something for everybody season one more so would have surely captivated a male audience a lot quicker however season two might have as well i do have to say it is more stereotypically for the women i must admit but i still think men actually like drama more than we do in all honesty i know quite a few men that attentively watch bridgerton and enjoy it and i don't know if perhaps it's because their significant other forces them to watch it or maybe they just happen to stumble upon it and start watching and actually start to fancy it they become fascinated with it and get wrapped up in the drama same as i that's bridgerton with its unexpected twists and turns, all the gossip, all the betrayal, all the scandal, just the sheer utter excitement of it all. Altogether, it was splendid. I expected nothing less from this season. What's rather funny, Bridgerton didn't quite seem to me like it would be the phenomenon that it has become. Was it just me who felt like this? At least not at first, but who can ever really make such a prediction right away that a series is sure to be a smashing hit, am I right? I'm quite disappointed that my brother Simon didn't make an appearance this season, but his mixed baby did. As we saw Daphne quite a bit this season, I'm wondering why a brother failed to show up in season two. I'm going to have to research that a bit of information about him being um, missing from the cast this season. There was a particular change of casting with the main characters this time around. Just an observation of mine. Inclusivity, which I do discuss quite vividly and candidly in many of my episodes, is something that Netflix never has a problem with showcasing as of late. But the two young ladies 
they did lovely i got nothing against them nothing negative to say i rather enjoyed the two new girls their two sisters they were quite the pair indeed sisters torn apart by the love they shared for the same man viscount anthony bridgerton a charming fellow eldest of seven handsome debonair callous in his demeanor though i fear anthony became cold and callous because of the trauma he experienced witnessing his father die right before his very eyes his mother held his father in her arms as he died and asked anthony to shield his younger siblings from seeing it happen such a tragedy in fact he's been dutiful by nature since then and perhaps the death of his father was the beginning of a long lonely life of hardship and providing for his family as he was now the head of the household he seemed unable to love or even have time for it because he just didn't um have anything else going on but being the provider he was too busy being a protector and a workhorse for his family his father lord bridgerton died by beasting after a bit of hunting with him on their property when he was younger and it happens when anthony's mother was close to giving birth and um it did appear as though she had gone mad with grief after losing her husband so the doctors feared that with her condition of grievance she may jeopardize the baby's health as well as her own so when it came time for lady bridgerton to give birth there were complications and the doctors said she may need to choose herself or the baby when it all comes down to it and they gave that decision to none other than anthony as he was now in charge what a burden to have been placed on a young man having to make a choice between the unborn child or his mother in any event he played the role incredibly well made me fall for his character anthony has touched my heart so this season i believe was really about his story to me i thought him to be the most interesting and surprisingly so whereas before in season 1 i didn't really care for him i found him quite boring surely others did as well as certainly from the writer's standpoint they may very well have taken that into account because this season was the absolute shit this time we got to see another side of him sincere kind and warm-hearted that is truly the real him as his mother and younger sister daphne pointed out the very same thing stating that he was always warm and kind before his father died all right so moving right along to the juicy part of the story now that we've gotten the sadness and the sorrow out of the way bottom line and gist of the story is this it's courting season and the queen must pick her diamond to be betrothed she picks lady edwina the aforementioned of the two sisters in love with the same man anthony being the viscount must choose a bride He meets a mysterious rider at the crack of dawn, horseback riding, and has a bit of banter with her when they finally halt, only never to see her again until he falls for her sister, for her charm and intelligence at the first ball. Suddenly, to his surprise, the mysterious woman rider appears before him, then introduced as Edwina's sister, Lady Sharma, also known as Kate. Edwina's older sister Kate, who practically raised her up to be the young lady she is in order to get her wealthy husband. You see a deal was struck between Edwina's biological grandparents, and yes, Kate and Edwina are half sisters. 
The deal was that if she marries wealthy, the grandparents will give her a trust fund and Kate and her mother would be well taken care of. You see, they were shunned and cast out because of something that the mother did. I guess, I don't know, she had an outside marriage or lover and that's how Kate came about, blah, 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 yada, yada. If you watch it, you'll understand it more. I don't want to get into it. So all along, Kate's mission is to get her baby sister, this is the main goal, to get her baby sister married as they journeyed all the way from Bombay to England with their eyes on the prize. That prize being becoming Viscountess to Lord Anthony Bridgerton. So now, boom, here's the dilemma. Kate and Lord Anthony are falling hard and fast in love with each other in the most childlike way as they argue continuously with each other so much that you could almost see the line thin as it is between love and hate with these two. Edwina, the queen chose her as her diamond and she herself has also begun to fall for Antony and his charm but Antony only wishes to marry for practical and logical reasons all but for love that is why he chose Edwina she is a perfect match in every way meets every checklist item on his list but everyone can see the chemistry between him and Kate is undeniable his sister Daphne talks some sense into him however about true love and marrying for all the right reasons so things become more complex as the episodes progress but let's talk about the other stories going on that are intertwined in the series as well that's what makes it so enthralling is that we've got so many other dramas within a drama going on and it's quite head spinning so let's start with lady featherington lady featherington and her portion of the story bored me to death this season like it got a little interesting when her late husband's cousin lord featherington moved in with them to help out with expenses unbeknownst to the family he was dirt poor and not really rich as he portrayed and had to come up with a scheme to get money so he was a liar basically lady featherington helps him devise a plan but then sooner realizes her daughters are far more important than anything in any scheme she devises a plan of her own the end of that story moved me almost to tears as lady featherington comes off as a heartless bitch cold like she only cares for herself and marrying off her daughters this season proved that not to be the case for her i love what they did there another twist in this tale i don't want to get too in depth with it i'll let you watch it for yourself because i still can't wrap my head around what she did women are treacherous that's all i'm going to say under certain circumstances especially in matters involving their children just treacherous creatures on to the next the queen the queen by the way is still styling and profiling i always look forward to seeing what they're wearing at court the queen still on the hunt for lady whistledown stern strong exudes power she doesn't appear to have a soft side except for when it comes to her king queens often tend to have a shield up and there's just always that one person who can disarm her for the queen it's her king there was a scene where the king runs out of his room pantsless if you all can recall he was rumored to be unwell his dementia causes him to forget where and when it is 
and this saddens the queen. You can tell that they were very much in love in their prime and even still. She sits by his bedside quietly as he sleeps and in that scene you can see her guard is let down. That is the only time she is disarmed. That was all so very touching to watch. Who the fuck wrote this series? I mean, they had to have sat there and drowned in their own tears as they wrote it. For fuck's sake, it was so moving. Granted, I was on my cycle when I watched it, so I was a bit emotional. But that's besides the point. Still a good series. Very touching. Now then, on to another character, shall we? Let's talk about Anthony's brother, Colin. Colin arrived home returned from his travels and from his journeys he brought back elixirs of sorts he gave some to his brother benedict i believe that's what his name is benedict to keep his mind off of the fancy art school that he just applied for and was anxiously awaiting the acceptance their kind of brotherly bond was it was adorable to watch i was glad to see more of that in this season we didn't really see much of of uh benedict in season one and in this season we got to see a lot more of him what i found intriguing about colin this season also was that he was feeling remorseful for the things he said to marina in season one before she left and he still reminisces on how he left things with her when lady whistledown exposed her of course which i'm still mad at whistledown for that by the way but we'll get into that later he went to go visit marina and she shunned him as she should i like that marina is okay with her life and how it turned out in her favor almost she's definitely a realist in her views on life logically putting her own happiness aside as she's provided for sufficiently she does find a bit of happiness in her children which by the way are twins she had twins I like how they pop out with one surprise after another this season. They did that a lot. I think Colin being noble as he is, he would have raised the babies as his own. Speaking of which, noble indeed, he did in fact this season prove himself to be such a nobleman, owing a debt to the former boxer turned club owner who tried to warn Colin of a Ponzi scheme afoot involving Lord Featherington. I did mention that the Featheringtons had a plan to get more money regarding some mines in the Americas. The boxer caught on to the Featheringtons' plan and tried to make Colin aware, but Colin had a scheme of his own to expose Featherington. None the wiser, the boxer thought Colin was being a fool by not heeding his warning. Turns out, Colin did believe him after some investigating of his own, and for that, he is now willingly indebted to the boxer and as a sign of good faith colin even brought some new patrons into his new club such a happy ending there now pen and eloise i was saving these two for last because it was a doozy their friendship is such a joy to watch but it explodes it explodes words were exchanged between these ladies it was quite compelling to watch i thought eloise was going to hit her I mean, I like them as a duo, as friends. They're both so very witty and charismatic. I love watching them. It breaks my heart a little that Eloise found out about who Whistledown was in the way that she did. I almost felt bad for Lady Whistledown, but she brought that unfortunate situation regarding her dearest friend Eloise upon herself. I highly hoped 
for her to tell Eloise from the very beginning that she was in fact Lady Whistledown, but she did not. Anything you do in the dark shall always come to the light. It is inevitable. And Lady Whistledown should have known better. She had it coming. With her newly acquired wealth from the writing and gossiping and tarnishing people's names all over town, you know how Whistledown gets down. My prediction is she's going to use the money to help her family out of their struggle because Lady Whistledown is Penn and Penn's mother is Lady Featherington with that whole scheming situation. For they, they need money and she's Lady Whistledown. She just hasn't told anyone. But now that Eloise knows that she's Whistledown, there's a possibility that Eloise will let everyone know who she is but i don't i think their friendship comes first even though eloise feels betrayed i don't think that she's gonna snitch on her i hope that she does but i don't think that she will hmm it doesn't look like she fancied anyone besides eloise and colin so whistle down with her newly found uh wealth could very well just keep it all to herself i don't know what she's gonna do with it it seems like she's gonna continue writing because the way it ended she was carrying on with the story so i don't think she's learned her lesson at all i don't think she cares that eloise knows she's probably just hoping that she'll keep it a secret and in the midst of all that lady whistledown did acquire some new friends a newfound accomplice, Madame Delacroix. Madame Delacroix, the French dressmaker, aided and abetted Lady Whistledown in her plot to keep things low and in the dark. I remember last season, I thought surely Delacroix was Whistledown. Her sly, mysterious demeanor, I love it. I just love it. I adored the cultural diversity displayed in this series. It was done well, very well. Do you understand? It wasn't overdone. But well enough... And in quite the familiar manner, such as when Cinderella came out all those years ago, the one starring Brandy and Whoopi Goldberg, I believe that was the first time we saw something like that being done. A trend that was quite fitting in many a series and movies throughout the years thereafter. I do like how musically and the score, I like how they incorporated certain melodies composed from our era of music in the background at the balls. I noticed Material Girl first, Miley Cyrus' Wrecking Ball. I noticed Rihanna's Shine Bright Like a Diamond song in affiliation with the Queen choosing the season's diamond. I even heard Bruno Mars' The Way You Are. Um, Dancing on My Own was another song. I'm missing one other, but maybe you can find it when you watch it listen for it if you have an ear for tunes you'll hear it too i'm quite sure there are others i'm leaving out i can't think of them right now but bridgerton is quite the fairy tale and i mean that in the best way i love a good happy ending after all the anxiety from the suspense it gave me i hope you'll enjoy it if you have not seen it yet for now that is all good night until next time Ta-ta.